G'day guys, welcome to episode 241 of the Outback Mind podcast. Today I have uh, another amazing guest on, a really special man by the name of Matt Runnels. Now, some of you may know of Matt. Matt uh, is a well-known speaker uh, and advocate for uh, mental health. Uh, He's had a, a really, really unfortunate uh, journey with lived experience. Matt has lost over 10 mates to suicide um, coming up uh, through his teen years and into his early 20s and so forth. He's only mid-30s now. Uh, That sparked Matt uh, on a mission to be able to create something which can help uh, Australians but also people throughout the world to, uh, I suppose, gain and maintain good mental well-being. Now, Matt's had his own issues um, personally. He's um, tried to take his life himself previously, um, has overcome that, um, has struggles with bipolar from time to time, uh, but certainly um, is on a a journey of self-healing and self-growth and self-development, which I really love about him. And uh, he's very raw, very open, very honest, and uh, just an amazing all-round individual. Um, You know, sometimes in life, the challenges that we have, uh, I suppose, the real gifts. And, uh, you know, Matt's certainly making the most of his gifts. He's got a a special place in this world and he's a really special human being. So we're going to go pretty deep today uh, around lots of lots of different things, um, some of his own experiences and where he sort of sees uh, the way mental health's going in Australia and what we can do to basically uh, live better, more functionally, happy, healthy and well. You know, that's our birthright at the end of the day. We're all here for a reason. We've all got a, a gift. We've got to be able to try and explore that gift and tap into that gift as much as possible. And, um, you know, I'm sure you're going to get lots from this chat today. So I really appreciate your feedback. Also, we've got a, a documentary uh, being released tomorrow night. Uh, so... We want to try and get this out there more and more. It's a very, very important story around uh, men's mental health. Um, it opens up conversations um, around what we're doing wrong and what we can possibly do right to, uh, as I mentioned before, gain and maintain good good mental well-being. So if you'd like to uh, have a chat about maybe getting it to your workplace or your club or your community, uh, I'd really be keen to, to have a conversation with you. Uh, please reach out to me at support at outbackmind.org.au. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I just want to get this seen by more people because it will change lives, but also it will save lives. You know, it's that powerful and that important. Um, so please reach out to me and uh, look forward to your feedback on this chat with Matt. Matt, thanks for joining me, mate. Thanks, mate. And thank you for starting important conversations and, and thank you for the work that you do. Do you know what? The first time I met you, and I've only met you once, um, was at, at an event in Gladstone, and um, and I had a quick chat to you. And the first thing you did was offer me a couple of copies of your book, and uh, and that said to me straight away that um, uh, you're you're not interested in doing some stuff stuff for yourself. You're interested in helping other people, and um, you know that book to me has been really amazing and helpful personally, but. Um, um, as we've discussed, I think, you know, everything sort of happens for a reason. And I guess maybe 10 or 20 years ago, you wouldn't have thought yourself uh, to be an author. <laughs> Definitely not, mate. Definitely not. I still try and pinch myself that I have got a book out there somewhere and that people are still actually buying it. But, yeah, like I said, mate, that night that I put the two books in your hands and I'm putting them in the right hands and I know they'll be in the right place. So that's all it's ever meant to me and that's all I've ever wanted to do and achieve in this space. And, yeah, it's never been about dollar signs. It's never been about how I can put my name on the map. It's, it's always been about how I can try and 
uh, minimise the impact that mental health that mental health has on our society and our culture, so in our communities. So, however I can help and support is um, is what I've do and have done for a long time now. Yeah, amazing, mate. You know, um, look, uh, as we've discussed, I think, you know, life's got a plan for us and we unfortunately end up in these sort of situations and having these conversations for a reason. But, um, you know, you personally, um, you, you had some struggles um, way back and um, obviously, you know, like myself, you, you lost some friends um, that, that, that unfortunately took their lives. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I, I just think... We've actually got it really us about when it comes to the way we approach, um, I suppose, people, education, you know, children going up, a lot of young men get confused, a lot of adults become confused, and then we sort of end up distracted from, you know, our, our path and our alignment. And um, I reckon, um, you know, if you had have been around those guys, um, you know, with the knowledge you've got now, possibly some of them could be um, still with us. Yeah, 100%, mate, and that's the only reason that I continue to do this work, even on the days it's difficult and even on the days that I don't want to. It's For me, if I felt like I was doing something with um, an end goal that's not possible or achievable for the world, then I would stop doing it. And mm. I think if we can just help people to better understand their own capacity and capabilities or ability to help change the world for just somebody, then um, we've... We're going to move in the right direction, but we need to keep doing it. And if we can put the skills, tools and strategies back into people's hands, I know that this world will look very different. And um, and that's why I continue to do it, because it is achievable and it's possible for everybody. It's not the role of psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, counsellors and people in the mental health field. It's the role and responsibilities of all of us as a human being to help change the way that mental health is both perceived and treated if we understand that the human being only is you know, is fundamentally wired for love, belong, connection, which is what we all have unlimited amounts of. It's just about starting to share it and show it. Um, And if we genuinely say we care about people the way that people do in this world, but actually action it the way we say it, well, then this world will look far different to the one that I know exists out out there in the world at the moment. um, It doesn't look like that. People people got big hearts and they care, there's no doubt about it, but they don't know action how much they, uh, just how much they say they care. Yeah, mate. Beautifully said. And really what you're saying is, you know, I believe society's done a great job of disempowering us rather than empowering us. And uh, and we need to be able to empower, you know, ourselves, but also I mean, empower other individuals to appreciate and understand that they've got a gift and, and a job to do and a, a journey in this lifetime. And I just think, you know, as young people, we're, we're sort of, we're disconnected early. We're, we're sort of, you know, we're put in a room where we're made sit and think rather than move and play for a start. So we're, we're disconnected from our, you know, our, our, our I suppose, our real, um, you know, uh, connection with joy in life, you know, because that's the stuff we're wanting to do as, as young people, but we're sort of made, uh, you know, feel judged and, um, and, and tested and, um, you know, criticised and all that sort of stuff early on. That puts us into a you know, into, into a sympathetic state and um, and really uh, it's not a great way to live. And unfortunately, like most of us go through life in that red zone because we're, we're, we're constantly stuck in fear, shame, guilt, greed, um, those sorts of emotions and it's totally against what's, uh, what we're, we're here for, as you mentioned before. Oh, you're, you're spot on in exactly how you articulated that, mate. You know, all of our systems are broken. There's no there's no beating around the bush with that. And when we grow up in a world where society pushes messages and pushes narrative for us rather than us to let us be who we actually are and to learn our way and to, 
you know, learn in, you know, kinesthetically ways or, or visual and auditory ways, but to sit in the classroom for, you know, 90 to 120 minutes at a time and listen to somebody that's mundane and monotone try to spit information at you in a way that doesn't land and then expect us to run with it. But also to not go outside the space or the box of creativity and to think for ourselves. So um, we don't want people to be who they really are. We want people to be who's what society says, and that's a, it's a fundamental error. Yeah, 100%, mate. And, um, yeah, you know, like reading your book and, and, and um, my journey personally, it's it's very, very similar. And um, in the book that I wrote, I, I basically, a, a key part of that which people have um, you know, mentioned to me many times was, you know, when I left um, primary school and went to high school, I, I went from the top of the class to the bottom of the class, but no one actually cared, <laughs> you know, and I stayed down there because I felt terrible in that environment and I just felt judged and compared rather than you know loved and uh confided in and uh and that's what primary school gave me but it was just going into a whole new world and um and yeah i sort of had a you know a, an up and down journey sort of you know through my teens and into my adulthood because it was all about performance and it was all about um you know being perceived as being something you know successful but really my success back then as a child, like as a boy before the age of 12, was all, was all developed earlier. And that was, that was the, 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 the teachings that my, my dad and my grandfather gave me, which were love, compassion, kindness, you know, all those, those, those high-level emotions. Um, but they were sort of stripped away from me through the education system, you know. And, um, and I had to, had to show up and I had to put my armour on every day because school was like going to war. And you take that into adult life and then you're doing the same thing. You're battling to, um, you know, to, to get to work, to work with people you may not like or in a system you don't like. And then you're, uh, you're working in an environment which is, um, you know, not, not friendly to you a lot of the times. And, uh, and I did that too. Uh, and I know you did. You, you started to do trades and all that type of stuff because you sort of maybe thought you had to do something. But it was probably wasn't something that you were, you were aligned with, I guess, as well. No, I think if we always go back to the things that I talk about and there's two things in what you said there. There's, I mean, we're, we're wired as human beings to be loved and to love, to be seen, heard and valued. And we're not, I think the society hasn't grasped, put, or, or, you know, grabbed a hold of that just yet or understood that the way it needs to be. And so I guess if we don't make people feel that way, they end up becoming someone they're not. And there's a fundamental difference between fitting in and belonging and we're pushing a society where we fit in and do things that we don't necessarily align with in order to be appreciated or accepted mm -hmm. instead of belonging, which is fundamentally what we're wired for, which is a sense of I get to be who I want and I'll, that way I'll be loved the way I truly deserve to be loved. And we only get one of these lives as far as we know it. So why is it that we are pushing a narrative that allows people or forces people to show up in this world and waste time in their precious lives being somebody, somebody they're not just to conform with society? And I think that that's what a lot of us do and we feel the pressures of that. And I think when we can start to step in our truth and be authentic to who we are and, and if the world can provide a comfort and a safe space for us to do so, then, yeah, I, uh, we're going to see a lot of change. Yeah, 100%, mate. Well, well I guess it, it unfortunately doesn't start from the top because the top aren't driving it. They're only really worried about the economy. But... Um, We've got to sort of do it from the, you know, from the grassroots level and hopefully people can, you know, empower themselves and do the work themselves so they can get there. But, um, you know, we, we need, we need um, you know, big changes in society. And if you look at the Indigenous cultures, you know, they, they have a beautiful, um, 
know, nature. Uh, and, and that's that's the gift of, of um, I suppose, humanology at the end of the day. But, you know, in, in the Western system, we're sort of being geared to, you know, and educated to support the economy. And that sort of takes us out of that alignment straight away. So, you know, it's uh, it's been a really um, interesting maybe 10 or 15 years for me too when I sort of woke up from all that and I needed to um, shift gears and get back to, you know, that, that young boy that had those sort of um, answers early but actually got lost and disconnected from them. And, you know, since then I've been able to, you know, see some tremendous gifts in people that they haven't seen within themselves and some of the, the great work that I've done or the best work I've done has been in, in prisons, you know, with guys that are... That are really, um, you know, in there because they're they're punished for trauma that's not their fault. But at the same time, um, you know, they're just uh, little boys that um, have never been listened to or heard, or um, you know, maybe maybe given the, the the right upbringing or environments, and and they're being punished for that. I think we've got to we've got to look at the individual's uh, circumstances in particular particular cases, and then be able to give them a pathway which can keep them in alignment. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Everything that you're saying is spot on. And, and if only we could shout it from the rafters and get people to align with it. It's, um, you know, I don't, I think for a long time we've overcomplicated everything and we, we need to go back to simplifying it. And I mean, you talked about the Indigenous just before, our First Nations people, they did it right. Mm. They, you know, they, they didn't overcomplicate the world, did they? Absolutely not, mate. Well, we'll look, the world is created to for, for us as a gift and, you know, if you talk to any spiritual leader, this place is created as a paradise. You know, everything here is for us. Um, everything's given to us um, to work with and not against. And we're working against nature can primarily, and that's why we're getting kicked in the ass, and that's why our nervous systems are out of whack so consistently. And, um, you know, I just think we can empower ourselves by getting back to that. You know, we, we can actually do stuff to say, no, I'm not going to go down in, in these denatured environments. I'm not going to be in these systems that aren't, you know, working for me. I need to work for myself and work on myself. And that, that starts with the individual. But um, I think, you know, leaders can also do a hell of a lot to be able to help people, you know, get, uh, get in touch with that as well. Yeah, 100%. The more that we tap in and are more self-aware of our own behaviours and choices and, and we model those, the people around us will lift their life standards either with us or, or they'll naturally fall behind and feel compelled to, to do something about it as well. But, yeah, it's the same thing as, as parents, as, as anyone in the world, there's somebody always watching. And so if we can model and mimic the right behaviours, then other people will follow suit and imitate it. So, um, you know, the more people that can get stuck into that self-awareness and, and their own self-care journey and their own well-being and understanding themselves, the more people that will feel compelled to do the same thing. When when you were a young bloke, when did things start to um, like go a little bit astray for you? Like, where, do you, can you remember some 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 pivotal moments where things sort of um, you know sort of got out of line and then sort of took you on a different journey? Yeah, I definitely feel like I grew up a pretty sensitive person. As is, I mean, I was always uh, probably a little bit living in fear and a little bit scared, and I'm not sure. Well, I do know why it is, but I prefer not to talk about those sorts of things. Um, But, however, there's been some parts along my journey where just, you know, I just felt that disconnect between I wasn't seen, heard and valued. And, you know, I think school was a big part of that. I sat at school and felt like I couldn't fit in and didn't belong there. And, you know, I was made to feel silly and stupid and worthless and and a failure because I couldn't sit still, focus and concentrate. And then you drop out of there and you spend half your life in the school corridors and then you drop out and you get a trade and you're a trade 
um, trying to do put your best foot forward, trying to do everything right, working your absolute ass off only to have people treat you like shit. And mm. so when people treat you like shit, it just plays into the hands of that I'm not seen, heard, loved and got, which is what a human's wired for. Yes. Um, and I feel like I've caught that um, in every part of my life along the journey, um, through school, into my plumbing apprenticeship. And once I've done my plumbing apprenticeship and started working on my own is when I started to feel a lot different because I wasn't around people who treated me with such, I don't know, spite, frustration, anger, overwhelm, stress, burnout, and projected that shit onto me. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I went on the journey of self-discovery, but it was it was only because of my rediscovery of, of hope that was visible in the people that were kind to me and the people that showed me that it was possible. And I think, um, you know, I was so desperate to, to want to live a different life than one that I was living. I mean, trying to think of ways to take my life by my own two hands every single day and mm. feeling like shit. And I was living like that for quite some time, but it wasn't something that I'd given up and thrown my hands in the air. I, I had fight and I always wanted to do something, be something different to, or feel different to what I was. And so, yeah, long story short, went on a journey of trying to understand that better and looking at people and looking towards people that had role modelled what it looked like to be well even living with diagnoses like myself. And so I, I went hard at that and tried to understand how I could too be just like them. And um, and here I am. But it is a constant battle and there is things that still pop up for me and I go through the same challenges, thoughts and feelings as I did day one mm-hmm. as I do today. It's just a different skill set that allows me to navigate through them. Um, but definitely doesn't mean that I'm immune or... Um, that I don't hurt, I definitely do. I definitely still struggle. Mm. So, but it's a skill set that you acquire, and that's what you want for people out there is to go through and do the same same work on themselves to acquire what I have acquired, and to know that it's possible for them too. And I guess that's why I do the work, just to help people to better understand it, because I don't want people to have to look as hard and as deep and as long for the things that I know now, um, knowing that I've got them in my hands that I can provide them. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well said, mate. And. Um, you know, a couple of couple of key things that popped up there is, you know, if that had been picked up in you early uh, in your journey, that you're maybe an empath, and you know your your real your real direction was to work for yourself rather than someone else, then that that would have taken you, um, you know, a different path altogether. And 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 yeah. that's that's what it is. You know, some of us are a little bit more awake and a bit more sensitive, but when we're we're pushed away from being in touch with that, that can really, really knock yeah. us around. Yeah. Society paints the picture that, you know, old traditional values of a man didn't look like what I was. I mean, um, mm. and that's why you silence it. You, I cry, I, uh, I feel emotions deeply and, you know, I understand now I live with bipolar disorder that I, I do see the world differently to people. I do feel deeply and intensely my emotions do take a toll on me. Um, however, I wasn't to know that at that age and so a lot of it was silenced and suppressed and laughed at and shamed and... I felt silly for for feeling, and um, yeah, I guess now that I understand who I am, it all makes sense. But um, yeah, it's, it hasn't been it hasn't been an easy journey to, to navigate through all of that. Um, and I guess, like I said before, it's why we try and help people to better understand themselves. And yeah, I'm a far better person now than I was pre-diagnosis. The diagnosis hasn't changed who I am. It's just helped me to better understand who I am, and doesn't define me or, or, or stop me from achieving things. Does it cause me pain and grief? Of course it does, but uh, I think everybody in the world goes through pain and grief. It's just a matter of what we do with it, and I truly believe that all of the discomfort, pain and hurt that I experience is my gift. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. No, that's true. And 
uh, I mentioned, like, you know, life's pretty much got a plan for us. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of guys don't get to that stage like that you have and, and I have as well. And they, they do, um, you know, experience poor mental health and, and some take their lives because they, they, they haven't figured it out. You know, they haven't, they haven't been given a... Um, you know, uh, I suppose not so much a diagnosis, but just a, um, uh, a level of awareness which can help them and given the tools that can actually help them, um, you know, move through and stay stable rather than, you know, bouncing all over the place. And I really think that's that's key, you know, if anyone is, um, you know, potentially at risk just to be able to develop some stabilisation practices on a daily basis which can help us stay grounded. And um, you know, that's the sort of stuff we probably need to be starting to be taught in schools rather than, um, you know, having our minds agitated consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the ability to understand presence and if we're more present to ourselves um, and understand that our thoughts, feelings and emotions are there for a very good reason, like you said, well, then we won't get so overwhelmed and stressed and, and carry on when we feel these things. That To know that half the time it's our body protecting us or it's an action signal for positive change. But... Yeah. When we feel these things and we can't see hope one inch in front of our eyelids, we panic and we panic and the world feels like it's caving in and, yeah, resilience isn't taught. It's uh, resilience is, you know, overcoming adversity with positive reinforcement for those behaviours. So it's about running towards that hurt and pain as, as, as uncomfortable as it is and knowing that the only way we get the gratification for being in the same situation again and knowing we can get through it is by having gone through it before. Yeah. And that's what referring is. I mean, I've lost 11 mates to suicide. I've been homeless. I've had multiple suicide attempts in my life. I live with bipolar disorder. Mm. I live a healthy, happy, and fulfilled life. Yeah, mm. I go through pain and I've hurt before, but I understand that when a bad phone call comes, I've been here before. I can get through it. Yeah, yep. Yeah, well said, mate, too. And, you know, I, uh, it's interesting. I, I lost a mate um, when I was maybe 20, 21, and I was the last person to see him. He, he pulled up at the front of my place, we dropped, dropped me off at about 11 o'clock one night and he just said, as I'm talking to death, and I actually like looked at him and I, I, I knew there was something wrong, but I never intervened. And I was, you know, too young uh, to, to, to really have the courage to, to do something or have the tools to do something about it. And um, he drove towards Adelaide and um, took his life, you know, and, and I had, had a feeling all night that there was something wrong and... Um, I was told by the police next morning that's what had happened. So, so that really got me on a on a journey of being able to, you know, be curious about my own emotions, but also be curious about what others are going through. And you know, there was no signs that individual was um, was was at that point other than that that statement or that comment. And um, you know, I still I still feel you know that every day I really do. And and I think about others along my journey that have taken their lives as well. And you know, I just think if if we are able to help someone see where they're at and help them sort of understand that um, everything is impermanent, you know, we're not going through life um, in this stuck system consistently. We can actually move out of it if we um, allow ourselves to open our hearts rather than be stuck in our heads. And that's something that we haven't been taught to do, men. We've been sort of stuck in our heads too much. And and that feeling of being connected to your heart is is complete humanology at the end of the day, and that's something we've got to you know relearn. And um, I want to I want to be able to help guys understand emotional literacy because it's so important. It's something that we don't don't get. Yeah, it's the same as anything. I think we do a lot of things in life and just hope, and and hope's just wishful thinking. It's not an action plan, and it's not going to. 
change. Like, I hope it's important to get through the day, but it's not an action plan for something better. So it's just like parenting. How many of us have kids and what, what, what information and resources and what study and and research, I guess, have we done on being a good parent? Mm, nothing. But we're just hopeful that we work it all out. We're just wishing that something bad doesn't happen. Yeah. And yet we find ourselves continuously in these, in these situations. It's like, for me, we've all got a mind, we've all got a brain, we've all got a heart. We need to understand how they operate, what they're wired for and how they function so that we can look after them. Yeah. If we look after them, you build a healthy relationship with anything in your life that causes you pain, discomfort and stress, you win. Mm. But we don't. We just hope that tomorrow's easy, and it won't be. It's not what this life looks like. It's not what the world feels like right now, now more than ever. So it's pretty ignorant to think that, you know, whether you, you don't have kids or whatever, you know, if you're a parent, to go, I'm just going to have kids and hope for the best, well, that's ignorance. Mm. And if you just rock up in this world and, and hope that you're just going to sail through and life's going to be dandy, that's ignorance too because this world is not easy and it won't ever be and it, hasn't, it wasn't designed to be. It is tough, it is challenging, but I do believe it is simple. And it's yes. simple only when you put the same time and effort into yourself as you do to anything else. But a lot of us will just go about the 1,440 minutes we have in front of us every day mm. and hope for the best. Yeah. And that is just wishful thinking. Yep, yep, agree, mate. Agree 100%. And, and see, like, the you look at modern society, it's highly stimulated. People get up, their minds are agitated straight away. They're putting stimulants in the body. You know, you look at look at the ancient culture, cultures and the Eastern cultures, they're getting grounded early in the morning because they know that's the foundation of their day. That's the sort of stuff we've got to start to get back to if we want to really be serious about, you know, improving mental health in this country, which is, you know, going out of control and we're just accepting it. So here's um, something that, that you will relate to. I, I have a charity and I've been struggling with it for years because I don't get any financial support. I'm doing all this work for free pretty much. But all the money goes to to the other end. It goes to crisis support, and it goes to buddy waiting till pe- people have got something wrong. And and my frustration is is you know I'm doing stuff at the front end where I'm making a difference, and because I'm not providing data and stats, I'm not getting the funding. But it doesn't matter. I don't want the funding. I, I just need I need a hand, you know, because I could go back into the clinical system myself and earn good money. Uh, but be miserable. So you know I don't want to do that. I want to be able to lift people up and work at the front end where where it's needed because that's what was needed for you and I and we know the importance of that and um, this is where I believe we're going to have to start to you know really challenge the system and the narrative to get mental health right because the current system doesn't work well and it's not going to work well and while it's being run the way it is we're going to put more effort into the front end also have some work at the back end but also we've got to really you know shift shift gears and fill those gaps that aren't being filled would you agree no 100 percent. there's so much work to be done um yeah uh it's a it's a massive rabbit hole to even consider how the hell we are going to change what it looks like at the top end and um i don't think until we get our heads and wrap around the fact that what we're wired for, like I keep referring to, is love, seen, heard and got. That's what we're wired for as human beings and they yeah. keep fundamentally getting that wrong with everything they put in place. And yeah. to not fund and to support and financially get behind people that are actually on the ground connected to people rather than sitting in a high tower in a fancy fucking spinning chair, 
well, then we'll never we'll never have make the changes that we need to make. As I said, I'm on the ground with the people every single day. I've reached three and a half million people in person alone over the last eight years, mm. and I know exactly what the community needs and wants, and that's what we try to deliver on here at Mindful Oz. But as mm. I said, we're just one organisation, and it's not going to change, and it's not sustainable to have these organisations keep doing this power of work only for the top end to to muck it up for us. Yeah, mate. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Well, mate, you know, we, we've got to keep at it because that's our that's our job in this lifetime to do it. And, um, you know, yeah, I've got donation boxes in cafes and that sort of thing to give us a hand. But I, I need I need some businesses or, you know, organisations which are employing high-risk people to get behind prevention rather than have an EAP in place just in case someone's, you know, got something wrong. It's, it's crazy, you know. A workplace should be a transformational experience for someone rather than just transactional. And that's where we've got it wrong for a start. You know, we're actually like giving people false, false reality because that's really what money probably is. You know, there's more than one economy. And if we start to look at other ways we can treat people better and help build their emotional capacity, I think that's much more important than, than the paycheck at the end of the day. So, so yeah, mate, I, I really believe what you're saying is, um, is, 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 is so important and needed. And um, we're just got to keep showing up and, and, and doing the work and, you know, um, just just being there for people when they need it, but also providing education around it all, and you know, just showing people that there's a different way to approach life and um, and go about things, which is empowering rather than disempowering. And I'd like to know a bit a bit a bit more about um, you know, your your vision and journey moving forward. I know you've had your battles financially with with your organisation and that. Uh, are you moving forward pretty well now and are things sort of starting to little bit, look a little bit more positive? Oh, my applause is absolutely flying. Um, yeah, we're uh, yeah, largest, one of the largest providers of mental health education in the country. Mm. We have opportunities coming in by the truckload every single day, which we're grateful for because the community trusts us um, and they love what we do and how we do it. Um, we've got, you know, program facilitators and speakers right across the country doing this important work and everything here at Mindful Laws is, is great. It's just a matter of, geez, it would be nice and I know what's possible if we had more financial support to do more of it and put more staff on. Mm. Um, we're just people who genuinely care and we're out there doing it for next to nothing in hope that something changes. So, yeah, yeah we'll just keep putting runs on the board and hopefully one day they've got no other choice but to support what we do. But, yeah, running a charity isn't a fun thing to do. <laughs> well, I, I enjoy it, but uh, as far as um, you know, my my bank account that that's that's not as good. But it doesn't matter. It's not about me. But you know, to be able to have the assistance and the ability to be able to duplicate myself into these regional areas which need support, you know, yeah, I, I think it's really money. important because there there's nothing out there for them, you know. And I just think we've yeah. got to we really got to put a call to action to to organisations, big organisations that buddy provide goods and services to these areas and they take stuff but they don't give anything back, you know. They might put a buddy few dollars into Are You OK Day or something like that but we need ongoing work and ongoing prevention to rebuild these communities and help men in the communities because, um, you know, without it, without, without the people and them functioning physically and mentally well, then, you know, all of a sudden we're not going to be able to, you know, survive. So that's where the work's, you know, really got to be done, I, I reckon, and... I'm going to keep doing it because I know that's that's my, my job. But um, it's so easy to fall back into old old ways just for financial benefit. But at the same time, mate, you know you you're going back to those feelings that you had back in primary school, sorry, in high school and beyond that of doing something you don't want to do, and that's not a great way to live. 
I don't think I've ever got into this field because I wanted to do it. I don't think I ever got into this field because I loved it. I, I just genuinely got into this field because I knew that I had to. Yeah. And there was a way that I planned on doing it that would shake the trees and I was brave enough at one stage to do it and be that person. But I definitely won't – I might I might differ from people there, but I definitely don't do this work because I enjoy it or love mm. it. Um, I, I could think of a million things I'd rather be doing. <laughs> um, but – as I said, um, I was put on this planet to do this work and, and, and do it the way I do it. And, and I'm lucky and fortunate that the country uh, values what I do um, so I can keep doing it. But there will come a time where it's not sustainable for me either. So as I said, uh, the world's going to put us, with the country and the people up top are going to put us in this predicament. So yeah. without supporting the people that are great at what they do, we'll always just have people that are all right at it. So yeah. while we have people that are all right at it, going around there doing what they're doing, boring the shit out of people and driving the conversation backwards, well, then this world will never move the way it needs to move. So it's on the people at the top. We'll see what they do and see, what, see how long it takes them to wake up to what they've got in this country and the good people that are doing it before they lose them. Yeah, well said, mate. Absolutely agree. How can people get hold of you if they want to look at um, uh, maybe getting in to have a chat at their workplace or in their community or whatever? What's the best way to, to find you? Um, Mindful Oz, uh, Mindful Australia, um, on, on, on a simple Google search will, will take us to our social medias or our websites or anything like that. The website's just been revamped and it's got all of the services and the, the tools and the resources and the referrals and the people that we work with up there. So, you know, however Mindful Oz can help and support, we're here for it all. As I said, we're just a small organisation that's just going at a bullet a gate, mate, trying to make a difference. And we'll continue to do that until we can't any longer. But um, as I said, we're very fortunate that we work with beautiful people and, and a lot of community support that enable us to do this work. And we'll keep doing it, as I said, because uh, we've got a long way to go. And what about your book? How can people get hold of your book? Yeah, same way. I think you can either buy it on my website, mattreynolds.com.au or, or an Amazon search or there's some bookstores out there that are kind enough to stock it. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm very grateful that people are still purchasing the book and reading it and putting it in the hands of loved ones. I think it's a beautiful thing. And if, as I said, if I can pass some skills and some tools onto somebody, um, that's how the ripple effect is felt. Awesome, mate. It's been a pleasure, and I'm sure we're going to hopefully get to um, you know catch up again down the track. And um, you got any plans of pulling the footy boots on again at all? Or <laughs> my body's too broken at the moment, mate. I've got a torn meniscus, I've got a broken thumb, and I'm coming back from a fractured wrist. So <laughs> at the moment, I'm just falling apart. But um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, because of the work that I do, I don't I haven't had a Tuesday and Thursday to myself for two years. So yeah, right. um, no time for training, and while there's no time for training, um, there's no point playing footy half-assed. Yeah, awesome, mate. One day maybe, mate, but uh, at the moment work doesn't permit. (laughs) Well, that's it. Keep doing what you're doing, mate, and uh, really grateful uh, to meet you and know you and um, look forward to, you know, everything to come, mate. So, um, yeah, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, mate, and I appreciate what you do. And, yeah, we're very lucky to have people like you in the world that are passionate and do care about this work and that are out there on the ground connected to their community and doing it. So without you, we're a long way behind Cheers, mate.